Hi, and welcome to Government Transformed, a podcast all about digital transformation, produced by Global Government Forum with support from knowledge partner Visa. I'm your host, Siobhan Benita, and I'm here to take you on a journey into the future of government, where I speak to guest experts about what their organisations are doing to digitalise and the progress that bureaucracies can make, regardless of where they are on their path to digital transformation. Ready? Let's go. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Government Transformed. It's quite an interesting episode, this one. We're talking about all things to do with digital transformation in public services. I don't think you would think about putting these two countries together when you think about digital transformation. So we have two guests today who are from Barbados and Iceland. So we are really privileged to have Marva Howell, who is the Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Industry, Innovation, Science and Technology in Barbados. And then we have Vigdis Johansdottir, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for Digital Iceland. I'm also really pleased that we have Kevin Cunnington with us again. And if you've been listening to the previous episodes in this series, you'll be familiar with Kevin. He's here on the study tour as an executive advisor to Global Government Forum, but he was previously head of the Government Digital Service in the UK, and he was the Global Digital Envoy for the Government of UK as well. So he's worked with lots of countries on their digital strategies and their digital plans all around the world. Now, the reason I say these two countries, you wouldn't really put them together is because at first kind of thoughts, they're very different. You know, you've got kind of a um, a moderately tropical Barbados, you've got a kind of um, sub-Arctic Iceland, very different probably economically when you think about them, different cultures. But actually, there are some similarities there as well. So similar in terms of size of population um, and also similar in terms of, I think, increasingly looking to tourism as part of a kind of a key part of their economy as well. So I'm going to actually ask Kevin uh, to kick off here by giving us a little bit of an explanation, Kevin, as to why we do have this combination of people in the room today for this episode. Hi, Siobhan. Greetings from Reykjavik. So it started with a request, really, from Barbados to go on a study tour of a country they could learn from and maybe just context. Barbados are currently 79th in the world rankings. And so that gave us a choice, really, of 78 different countries to go and see or ahead. And we went through the usual suspects like Canada, Australia, but they're quite a lot bigger and they're quite a lot further advanced. Uh, And in the end, for the reasons you've mentioned, similar size of populations, smaller islands, prime industry of tourism, we thought Iceland would be the best fit. Uh, And Iceland are quite a long way ahead in the world rankings at five, but a, a lot of the challenges they face are common to small islands. And I think One of the things we've really learned uh, over the last day or so is Iceland went from about 20th six years ago and accelerated up to fifth. And that's one of the things we're really trying to achieve in the Caribbean, to have this rapid acceleration from where we are today to where we could be, you know, uh, as a world leader. So, yeah, hopefully 
that explains the motivation. It does. Thanks, Kevin. I mean, it's really interesting to hear about that acceleration. And Vigdis, I will ask you about that in a moment. But I want to come to you straight away then, Marva. Um, one, yeah, I should have explained. I think Kevin mentioned it there. You're in Reykjavik. So I presume, when did you arrive from Barbados? How long have you been there? Hi, everyone. First, I should say. Uh, we came in on Sunday. And as you said, you put the two countries together, or the two islands. When we came in, immigration was staring at our passports. As he said, he had never seen a passport from Barbados yet. <laughs> so that was a first. What was the temperature difference for you? Well, Barbados is sunny to 31 degrees, even though we're in the hurricane season. And when we got in, it was about 11 degrees and raining. But surprisingly, London was colder. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are those differences there. But to what extent then do you think, I'm going to get into the detail of what you've learned kind of in a moment, but just generally, to what extent do you think a, a, a kind of island like, a country like Barbados can learn from Iceland in terms of how they've achieved the fantastic transformation that they've achieved? Um, we can learn a lot because Barbados started what some persons may consider overambitious digital transformation process by doing, wanting to achieve too many things at the same time. And of course, we have experienced some challenges. So it is encouraging um, being here on the study tour with, um, in Iceland, recognizing in terms of the similarities that we do have population size, that we can learn in terms of not only best practices, but to avoid some of the challenge, um, the hiccups or the challenges and where we can seek to correct those um, hiccups. So we can learn a lot and we have been learning a lot. We are recognizing too, while we have in terms of our strategies in place, it's important to have the action plans and the execution plans as well and to actually start rolling them out. In Barbados, we tend to be a bit risk adverse but we actually have to start somewhere and correct any um, errors as we go along. So that's really interesting to hear what you're saying there, Marva, about the fact that you you had a vision, you had a strategy, but what you didn't have was the plan that you needed to be able to implement that strategy on the ground. And actually that issue of the um, need for a good plan of implementation is something that's come up repeatedly with different countries we've talked to and it was something that I discussed with Kevin in episode two about one of the common mistakes that governments make um, and how they need to have that focus on an implementation plan to make the strategy and the vision a reality. Thanks, Marva. I'm going to come back to you in a minute then on where you think the challenges might be for Barbados then in actually putting some of this stuff into practice. But Vigdis, what was the kind of motivation for you to say yes to hosting this study visit and how has it been from your perspective? Thank you and hi everybody. Um, it's a uh, like to start with. Uh, it's just a great uh, pleasure being able to uh, be with you and of course uh, we wanted to pay it forward. Uh, we're a small country as well. We had to learn very quickly how to do things and we had ambitious plans as well. Still do. We're still aiming for the top in the world, uh, not just to be at the top, but to be able to be. Uh, competitive in the global community uh, and we have learned from the best we've looked at the playbooks of other countries uh, we both from Estonia from uh, from the UK from uh, many other countries so we really want to pay it forward if uh, if there's anything we can share 
uh, we want to do that. I mean, it's great to hear this because I think working with Global Government Forum, there are so many issues where I see countries reinventing things all the time and not learning from each other. And it's so much more efficient, I think, if we can, as Marvel was saying, avoid the hiccups, avoid those kind of mistakes that other people have made. It just seems sensible to do that. On that note, Victis, what do you think some of the key learnings from your own transformation program have been that you've passed on to Marva, were there things in hindsight that you think you should have done differently? Oh, definitely. Uh, we've shared uh, some stories in in, cl- in a closed room here in Reykjavik that we're not sharing online. And I think that's one of the key factors of being able to visit and, and having um, the one-to-one talk. Um, this is a safe space. Uh, I know, I know. It's just the two of us, right? No, of course. I think one of the things is that we started making decisions. The, the government of Iceland uh, made a decision on uh, going digital and, and gave us the autonomy and the, and the funds and the, the, and the mandate to be able to do so. Uh, and we have the trust there. We have, uh, I think, communication uh, and educating the, the people we work with is also something that, uh, that we can share with them. And also the fact that not being afraid to make decisions, try things, uh, not having everything 120% uh, perfect, but going ahead with, let's say, 60-70% of finalized and being able to test it and giving them the space to be able to um, take the step back if you need to uh, work on things, uh, fix things. So making mistakes is not, I think, typical for civil servants, so that's kind of a new way of thinking that we have within our team. But we really believe that it's important to be able to make the mistakes because then we don't move forward with something that's not working uh, and we can really learn by doing. So that's one of the things. And we, because we talked about strategy, uh, we moved forward first, uh, started pushing things out, and then we set up the policy and the strategy on on. on on the future, so we, so we really knew what we were going to, what we had, how we could, and and the timelines and everything before we set everything up. Thanks. I mean, it's very interesting that when you're talking about digital transformation, a lot of the lessons learned that you mentioned there are actually about people and not about the technology. So it's about the leadership, as you were saying. It's about education and skills of your civil servants trust and bringing people with you on this journey. And then really important, that thing you're saying there about giving civil servants permission to try things and fail and not thinking that's going to go against them in their career. So much more bringing it down to the human level in terms of um, kind of what you've learned. I'm wondering, Marva, where listening to all of that do you think in Barbados, I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you think you have the leadership that you need, both politically and maybe at the top of the civil service, to do the same sort of things that they've achieved in Iceland? And do you think the culture of the civil service is similar enough to that in Iceland to also have that sense of people feeling like they can try new things and it not going against them if it doesn't quite work out? Okay, you'll remind me if I don't answer all Definitely, we have the political leadership. Our prime minister is very committed in terms of making sure that the services we offer in terms of um, making it easier to conduct business, 
making sure that we design services that are citizen focused. So there is definitely the commitment there. Where we may encounter some challenges, we are a bit um, constrained in terms of the expertise, in terms of actually having the skills within the public service. And Barbados being small, we recognize we will have to bring those skills where necessary. But I do not know if persons, I guess if we do, if you're able to attract the right persons, they will be willing in terms of the salaries that we are offering. But yes, we must um, look in terms of building the capacity and in terms of changing the mindsets of public officers. We intend to do that by setting up a digital academy where they can be exposed and feel more comfortable in using these services and also offering these services to our various publics as well. Fantastic. And the other thing that um, Vigdis mentioned there was making sure that sufficient funding was allocated to the Digital Transformation Programme. What's your strategy for investment and funding in this in Barbados? Do you have similar relationships with private sector? Is it all coming from the government or do you have international organizations as well helping Barbados with some of the funding? Right now, we have, we have a loan from the IDB, Inter-American Development Bank, and they are providing the funding for our public sector modernization um, program. So funding isn't an issue. It's, ne- it's basically making sure that we can procure, because we also have to procure the services from outside, making sure that we have the rights request for proposals or the scopes of words, knowing that what we want, listening to what um, ministries and departments um, require as well, and selecting the correct service providers to provide those um, services and actually implementing those um, the various information systems required to support because we want to do a e-services platform, a digital ID, you know, so as to get to that stage. You mentioned there, I think one of the things that you have planned for the future is to set up a digital academy for training civil servants and public servants uh, in Barbados. Do you think that will meet all of your training requirements or how do you see that going? Will you also need to recruit in some people externally as well, at least in the first instance? In the first instance, I believe the Digital Academy will be able to cover basic awareness. But as time goes on and in fact that technologies keep changing, obviously we would also have to look for outside, whether sending persons there, which will uh, restrict us to the number of persons we send, or bring in the expert um, facilitator where we would be able to give more public service um, exposure. And I think part of it is to make sure that we have the certification in place as well, because then persons will start taking us more serious when they recognize that we are equipped with the necessary um, competencies and qualifications. And in terms of recruitment, do you have a problem recruiting people into the civil service? Do people move around a lot? What's it like in terms of the culture? It is a bit 50-50. People move around, and but in terms of retaining, especially in the field of ICT, we are having difficulty in bringing in the best. So the salaries that we can offer to compare with what the private sector or even a foreign com- a foreign agency can offer, um, public service cannot do that. But I think we are realizing and reaching the point, if we want to bring the best, we have to look in terms of upping the sort of um, salaries that we are offering, putting persons on contract and seeing too that, well, they're coming only for a specified period of time 
that they're able to transfer some of these skills to the locals within the various ministries. Yeah, that seems to be such an issue that's common to a lot of countries. We're hearing that from so many countries in terms of that recruiting and retaining good digital talent in the public sector. Um, Vigdis, the digital academy idea, um, am I right in thinking this is something that's already happening in Iceland, albeit maybe in the early stages? It's very much in the early stages. So we, uh, for that reason, I call it the Digital Iceland Academy. Uh, there is need uh, in general to to educate the public service servants of Iceland. Uh, as we discussed earlier, we, we need to um, empower people. Um, our focus has been, though, uh, empowering the the agencies that are already working with us. So we have been in small groups um, supporting and yes, empowering uh, and educating the, the the project managers at the agencies. Uh, we've also started, um, it, you know, it comes up down to scaling because we're only twelve people at Digital Iceland, and we we need to be able to step out and, and get external support. Uh, so we have started training um, counselors that can. Uh, understand how Digital Iceland's um, network works uh, and can uh, support agencies uh, even though we are uh, not fully uh, engaged in that uh, relationship. So yes, it has started. Uh, and uh, and again, it's about people. and We need to uh, be able to move forward with people and, and support them in that sense. It's going to be really fascinating to watch how these digital academies evolve and the impact that they have. And also, I think it's another area where so many countries can can help each other and share kind of their learning, but also share their expertise as that develops over time. This podcast is sponsored by Visa. Visa helps governments around the world to transform their work and impact through digital solutions for accepting and making payments domestically or across borders. So Vigdis, one thing there, I'm just thinking about our audience again and the civil servants who are listening to the podcast. They might not be able to very easily make that link between digital transformation and environmental benefits. I'm just wondering, do you have any specific examples you could give for our listeners of how digital transformation has already helped in terms of the green agenda in Iceland? I do. Uh, I, I just, uh, if we look at just the uh, the criminal record, we we pinpointed that on an average, um, each person would drive about 15 kilometers. Uh, one way and then 15 kilometers back just to pick up a piece of paper. We stand in line and pick up a, a piece of paper. So we created from there uh, kind of a formula of distance, uh, time uh, of the the public servant, the time of the applicant to be able to calculate the, the impact that a very, very tiny service would have. Uh, and I think that's important to find something that's very relatable to people because you want you can visualize yourself sitting in a car and driving somewhere uh, and if you find examples like that uh, I think that's very important uh, and and we are in the process of um, using that formula to to look at all our services uh, also just to you know to show that the the impact is uh, 
much bigger than it seems on the surface. Yeah, that, thank you. That's really helpful because as you say, that's just one example of one service. But you can imagine if you scale that up and people don't have to then travel for hundreds of different services, the impact that that will make is actually very significant. I want to bring Kevin back in at this point. Kevin, I want to get your thoughts. You've heard there from Vigdis and Marvel some of the lessons learned from Iceland and how that might transfer over to Barbados. But obviously, you were kind of instrumental in bringing these particular two countries together. Do you see any other kind of lessons that have come out from the study visit? Has anything surprised you that's come out over the last couple of days? I expect most of what I've seen I would have expected, uh, but it's probably worth just emphasizing some of the things we haven't explicitly touched on. But, you know, transformation is always about people. Uh, and there's something, uh, you know, I expected. So here in Iceland, Andre, the chief digital officer, is a fantastic fellow, spent a lot of time abroad learning his trade, came back to Iceland. And he's really been instrumental in this acceleration we've seen over the last five years. And, and in many ways, I'm, I'm not, you know, I expected to see that because I know Andre. So, so that was fine. Where I've been surprised is Victus's role turns out to be absolutely key. Uh, and maybe in the UK, we took this for granted because we had huge comm teams in GDS. I think my comms team was about 30 people. And so we were kind of used to being out there talking about what we did, encouraging people, making people feel comfortable. But it's only seeing it here on, on a smaller scale that you realise how important marketing is. And I think both the minister and the whole Barbadian delegation have been struck by how much they need someone like Vigdis on their own team as chief marketing officer, specialising in different ways of marketing and promoting, n you know, not just the classic government kind of followers kind of scenarios, but, but, the, but the kind of consensus building, they've given people confidence mm -hmm. to move it forward. And genuinely, I think I'd forgotten how important that was. And, and seeing it again has really made me realise, you know, in, in our kind of blueprint of how to start, marketing's got up much more prominence, along obviously with the political backing, which both countries have, but marketing's got up much more prominence. So Vigdis, picking up on, on what Kevin has said there, has your role then been primarily about building understanding in the population so that they use the new digital services that are being developed? Or are you also looking externally to kind of promote digital Iceland to tourists, for example. What's your main focus? Well, being in a small country, uh, I think that's something that Barbados can relate to. You need to have very many different types of hats. You need to kind of be a Swiss army knife. So uh, if we land on uh, the beach in Barbados, we need to be, find a way to survive. So I have very many different roles. Uh, of course, uh, our team, we ha Digital Iceland, is only a team of 12 experts. So we specialize each in our field and work together towards this. But uh, my specific role would be, uh, I guess, marketing is too narrow of an, uh, a description. Uh, it's more in communication. So it's all about the people, as we said earlier. Uh, we need to build trust, and we do that through communication and educating. You can't um, uh, you can't trust something that you don't understand, and you don't realize how could this be digital if you don't and change the analog version of it if you don't understand uh, digital. 
So it's uh, communicating both internally within the government, within the ministries, uh, putting, translating the technical uh, terms uh, so people uh, understand. Uh, we are at the phase, though we are all very online and and social media and Iceland is you know Icelandic population is very very strong in terms of um, uh, technical uh, knowledge. Um, we we also need to remember that it's not so long ago. So the people that are in charge um, did not go through their uh, education online. Uh, and there are so many things that are changing very rapidly. So I, I guess my role would be, you know, communication internally and externally towards the public is also uh, to cover the brand. So um, our um, you know, government doesn't sound like something that's hip or cool or something. Uh, in many countries, you don't trust government. We are very lucky here in Iceland that there is um, general trust towards the government. Uh, and, uh, and uh, but we needed to. We found that we needed to build a brand that uh, people could relate to. So the the user experience is at center at everything that we do. Uh, so we we're not try, trying to create digital systems for the system. We are trying to make people's lives easier. Uh, so uh, and that's uh, everything. Got when it, when it all you know, and it all boils down to communication. Do you feel like you've succeeded? It has that digital transformation made people's lives easier? Do you have examples of what you've done? Um, you know that people can do now, for example, quicker and more easily than they could do before uh, transformation. So, how has it affected the average person in Iceland? I think that kind of comes down to what uh, uh, we, we were discussing earlier in terms of. Uh, Salary. You know, our team uh, is really proud uh, of the feedback that we are getting from the public and from people around us. We're a small country, and of course, we like um, pat being patted on the back on our backs. Uh, even though, it, you know, it takes a village to to do this. Uh, we're not alone in this on this journey, but we have been very successful, uh, and that's due to the fact that we have the backup and we have the knowledge and we have. Um, all sorts of uh, tools in our toolbox that have made it, you know, possible for us to do this. Uh, I can name a couple of examples. For example, um, uh, a parental leave uh, used to be in the sense that you need, had to drive between places, fill out a paper form. Uh, you needed the three last um, pay uh, clips, I guess it's called, and you need, need, had to post this. Uh, they had a semi-digital version uh, of this, but now you just do it online uh, through your mobile. It goes to your spouse. You select the period you want to uh, be on leave. Uh, you, it goes directly to your employer who approves of this, uh, the time off that you are requesting and into the systems of the, the parental leave fund. So there's no paperwork. Uh, and, uh, and you don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to print anything out. Uh, and you can follow up and change this everything online. So just going through the services in that, this sense. Uh, and we, of course, have also, for example, uh, the criminal record where you can go online and instead of driving to the district commissioners. Um, they have, uh, there has been an increase about 30% uh, in the uses of criminal record, but the the lines have not they are not longer at the district commissioners. They didn't even realize. We told them that there was 
much more traffic through there. So I, I we truly believe that we can make service uh, better through digital, being then able to uh, the the last ten or twenty percent that really need the the human service. I was going to ask if you have still a, a, a you know a group within the population who, for some reason, you know maybe. Um, elderly population, or maybe they have other reasons why they can't access services online. So, is there an issue at all with digital exclusion, or are you making sure that that group are also catered for in a different way? We uh, are very strict in all accessibility, uh, but of course there are groups that we are aiming for, uh, trying to, you know, ev- we want to make sure, and our digital policy says that. Uh, everybody that wants digital services should be able to uh, get digital services. Um, but being perfect is uh, is very difficult. <laughs> and we really work hard uh, in trying to include uh, everybody. So, uh, every, yeah, but, um, but we are at the phase, due to the fact that we've come this far in accessibility, we are at very, very small cases where we are trying to to uh, create solutions and make sure that uh, nobody's left out. And Marva, listening to what Vigdis says there about the fact that the population in general trust the government, so they trust maybe the new digital services that the government are rolling out, to what extent is there also that level of trust in Barbados? And also, how big is the challenge for you of educating the population to also move to doing things online because it might it, maybe I'm completely wrong here but I imagine that your benchmark where you're starting from is behind Iceland um, in terms of people currently using receive digital services well and in some cases building trust is also very important and we have to continuously work on that in terms of our public awareness and sensitization. And one of the things, lessons that I've learned from um, Iceland, where you try to identify solutions along the life cycle of an individual from birth through to end life and take into consideration the needs that each stage for that person would require. So that is quite important. We do have some of our services online already are digitized. Take, for example, like the police certificate of character. Once before, which was a manual system, and it would take like three months or so by the time you submit that application. Now everything, you can upload the application form um, up and you get a response within two days or so. So we do see the benefits. The um, Barbadian public, they will hold you if anything go wrong, if anything goes wrong, but they start to um, accept that these things are necessary to simplify their lives so that they would not have to go and stand up in long lines or wait for these services. But we must um, look in terms of improving our messages, our PR to, to the public. So they don't think so that they don't go and get information from naysayers. They recognize what the government is trying to do will be beneficial to them and in terms of ease how they conduct business. So that is very important. And you said you had a you you have your strategy. You've got your a good digital strategy, and now you're working on the implementation of that. How big is the ambition for Barbados? Do you want, 
you know, how how much of public services do you want online? Are you also, as as you're doing now from Iceland, are you also thinking about how you can share your learning maybe with other uh, countries that are closer to you in the Caribbean? So are you working with others in the region as well? In terms, um, to a certain extent, in terms of the services we offer, we have over 300 services, but we know that that would happen overnight. So we are looking in terms of the critical um, services that are the high demand services that the Barbadian public would require or even the business people. And yes, there are opportunities for CARICOM. That is our regional body where we hope to partner because not all of we will not have the skills or the competencies in one place. But if it's possible that Barbados and Trinidad can work together in um, achieving certain things, we, we, are, we are examining that as well. And Vigdis, I mean, obviously you've done quite a lot already in Iceland. It's great to see you sharing some of that learning with others as well. But what's next for the transformation journey in Iceland? How much more do you think you can do in terms of your own digitalization project? You're not in, in politics, are you? Because uh, we tend to get the, the question, when are you going to be done with uh, what you're doing? So uh, I guess you could say that this show is never over. Uh, there's always something new. Uh, we have uh, been able to take on large um, services uh, and pr- you know prove the concept and, and show that this is the we are on the right track going digital. Uh, but at, at the moment, it's all about, again, about the people, about the communication and about uh, uh, getting the pickup from all the agencies that everybody starts using uh, uh, our uh, products and and um, and start, you know, we, we are, it's change management. We're changing the way that people uh, approach their jobs and this will take time. So I guess we are... We've proven the concept that uh, we have something that works, uh, but now we need to implement it and we need to keep on building the trust uh, and and reaching everybody. And I'm going to nip back to Kevin now as well. Uh, Kevin, what's next on the schedule for the study? Because I understand you're not quite finished yet. You've still got, I think, the rest of today and some of tomorrow. So what's left in terms of learning from each other on the study visit? Uh, well, maybe if I just start with where we've just come back from, Siobhan, because it's a good story. Uh, we've just come back from the Cyber Emergency Response Team, which is generally abbreviated to CERT, which is a fairly common acronym across you know pretty much every country. And it's been really fascinating to see how Iceland's geography has really helped, because Iceland is obviously in close proximity to a lot of Nordic and Baltic countries, which are also world leaders in digital but equally importantly, they're an important affiliate of NATO and the EU. And that's really driven their cyber capability in, in a way I've been astonished by. You know, they've gone from having a very small group to a substantive group now with a lot of capabilities. And as I say, that's all been driven by the kind of local requirement to keep up with everybody else. And um, I think the benefit to Barbados in having that conversation is Barbados and the Caribbean are now looking to start similar initiatives and accelerate those over the next three years. And, and one of the things I've taken on board on behalf of Global Government Forum is the need to kind of blueprint how you get started to make it easier or easy for countries like Barbados who haven't really started to know who to look for, who to train, what training needs to be achieved, what certification needs to be achieved, 
who you can collaborate with. So, so that was today's, this morning's revelation, really. And then um, tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow, we're meeting with a whole set of Icelandic suppliers. Uh, Iceland really has a good ecosystem that supports the government's ambition to be a digital nation by building the services for them. And I think that's one of the things we might find is slightly different here to what we might find in Barbados, that there is, or there have been, 20 companies, I think it's 14 companies writing 20 services, isn't it, certified here in Ireland to some pretty, you know, severe standards, good standards, not severe, I should say. And that is obviously helping with the acceleration. Uh, so, yeah, there's suppliers tours yesterday. We'll see what we can learn, see if any of the suppliers are willing to help us out in Barbados as well. I'm sure there's some lessons we can learn from them. Uh, and then... And then finally, we'll be on the flight home on Friday. And it feels like it's been a long, hard week already. Yeah, I was going to say one thing that, Marvi, you might find to your advantage is you probably won't struggle to find people who want to come to Barbados to help Definitely. <laughs> Definitely the weather, the climate, yeah. Yeah. Definitely sure that we can choose the right persons, yeah. Absolutely. Was that part of the negotiation with Vigdis that she was going to do a, a kind of exchange back? and spend a bit of time in Barbados. This is one thing, I'm just gonna ask this final question, I think, before we wrap up, because I can't believe how quickly uh, the conversation has gone. But I was just wondering if there, in your strategies, it, how much kind of sustainability and climate issues are part of that whole transformation and digital transformation thinking? Because obviously for very different reasons, I imagine that climate change is a, is a, a particularly serious issue for both of you and is the did is there kind of digital aspects to that where you link that to your sustainability agendas i can see you're both nodding there marva do you want to is there anything you wanted to say on those kind of issues yeah well, definitely right now we are going through with a consultant working out in terms of the resilience of our infrastructure and recognizing that our if digital infrastructure, our telecoms, would be very important because, as you rightly said, being in a hurricane belt, we have to make sure that if there is any disruption, that we will still be able to um, communicate. So we are examining those in terms of our digital infrastructure. Great. And and biggest, I guess, for different reasons, but obviously climate change is going to have an impact for Iceland as well. How is that linking to your transformation thinking? Well, it's uh, part of everything that we do. Uh, we we are aiming to uh, better all government services. Uh, we want to save money and people's time. And we are looking at the environmental effect. So uh, one service uh, going from paper to digital uh, is um, is just one way of looking at it, uh, how we are we, and we are measuring this at the moment. So, so that's something that we really want to uh, um, Become be able to share uh, externally as well. So, every, when it, it it all comes down to we, uh, the users just want to uh, have the uh, an easier life and and everything quick and, and easy. Uh, whilst uh, government is looking into making sure that we use the funds correctly and and distribute in the best way, uh, but we also have the environment and envir and, and environmental issues are very. Uh, important to Iceland and and this is why we calculate this uh, along with uh, the the kroner or the the funding of everything 
Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to both of you. I'm so pleased to see this collaboration because it's so unexpected in many ways, but seems to be really beneficial and throwing up lots of uh, things to follow up on. Vigdis, I don't have any plans currently to come to Iceland, but I'm sure I could make some at some point. But Marva, I do have plans to come to Barbados in October. So hopefully I can see you then. Just pick me up on the way. I'll <laughs> get you on the way, Vigdis. Yeah, we can make a, we can make a, a thing of it, definitely. Thank you so much uh, for the conversation today and good luck with the rest of the visit. I hope it's successful for both of you and I hope this is the start of many more of these types of exchanges. Thanks both. Thank you. Thanks to Kevin as well. Thank you. Thank you.